WBBI listeners to go to our website and sign the online petition to shut down AFRICOM. Find out more at BlackAllianceForPeace.com. That's BlackAllianceForPeace.com. Welcome back. You are listening to WBAI 99.5 FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. My name is Celeste Katz. Uh, I'm a political reporter and I'm the co-host of Driving Forces here on WBAI on Thursdays. But tonight I am joining you for some special live pregame coverage of tonight's State of the Union and Democratic response. That's going to be coming up a little after nine o'clock tonight. But uh, first, we're going to have some more guests. But right now, we are going to take your calls asked if you guys could uh, call in and let me know uh, what you think about the State of the Union. Does it matter to you? What do you want to hear? Let me know. 212-209-2877. And we have a caller right now. How you doing? Um, Hi, WBAI. You're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Damon. Calling from Brooklyn. Great. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I mean, if Robert Mueller was given the State of the Union, I think it might matter. But we hear so much from Trump every day. Like, I can tell you what the whole State of the Union is going to be about. Okay. I'm good. I'm great. Democrats are bad. Built wall to keep out the bad hombres and the drugs. Democrats won't let me protect you. You know, like... That's the State of the Union in a nutshell right there. He's not going to tell us anything. He didn't tweet in the past 90 days. So, Would you uh, would you consider himself, yourself a, a fan of his and not really a fan or kind of kind of on the uh, fence about him? Oh, no, I'm a black man. I am definitely no fan. I'm a black man from New York. Mm -hmm. You know, we know Trump. I'm no fan of, of his at all. So, um, But I'm a registered Republican. Okay, interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so, so I'm a registered Republican because I'm definitely not a Democrat. You know, at least the Republicans have the gall to tell us who they are, what they stand for. The Democrats just come to Grandma Church on Sunday and, and then we never see them again. <laughs> so, so is there anything? So you're not a big fan of his, but uh, you are a Republican. Is there anything that he could say tonight that would make you feel differently about him? Anything at all? Anything about the economy, about the military, about himself, anything at all? Um, I mean, if he could, if he's going to say he's not going to spend six billion dollars on a wall and use that money to help, you know, Flint, Michigan, where they still have dirty water, or you know, the forty thousand homeless vets, you know, on on the street this winter as we speak, you know, if he's going to say something practical that's actually going to help people, you know, then I'm all for that. You know, I'll be his biggest cheerleader after that. Give me a mega hat, you know. But if it's going to go right back to politics as usual. And it's separating people, and we using brown people to scapegoat, you know, real problems going on in this country. Then absolutely not. Okay, thank you so much for calling in. Really, uh, really appreciate you uh, you calling in and you listening to WBAI. So thanks so much. And uh, we are moving on here. If you're just joining us, I'm Celeste Katz. This is WBAI's special live coverage of uh, the walk-up to the State of the Union address by President Donald Trump and the Democratic response by Stacey Abrams. And to help us flesh out some of this, because we were talking about this a little bit before, this doesn't happen 
in a vacuum. This is the president speaking to the nation, but he's doing it before a joint session of Congress. He's got all the members of the cabinet there. There are uh, the members of the Supreme Court. There are special guests that he invites and that uh, the lawmakers invite. There's a lot going on here. Of course, reporters like me and the person who's about to come on the line. Um, glad to welcome Carrie Pickett to the program. She is a wonderful, wonderful veteran reporter in Washington, uh, knows a lot about Congress, a lot about the presidency. And uh, also, I might add, very much helped me get my start in radio. We used to uh, appear together a lot. Uh, not too far back, actually, on uh, Sirius XM political programming. And you can still hear her quite frequently uh, talking about uh, Congress and about what's going on on the Hill. Uh, you can hear her on the David Webb show, for example, on Sirius XM Patriot Channel 125. And you could read her work online as well. So, Carrie Pickett, it is a pleasure to have you here on WBAI with me. Oh, thank you very much for having me, Celeste. It is good to talk to you. So um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, sort of the other side of talking about the president a lot, but you have uh, you know, really, really in-depth knowledge of, of Congress. You've been covering Congress uh, for a long time, and they're sort of, the, uh, sort of the studio audience, but a little bit more active than that um, in, in terms of the, uh, the State of the Union. What, how do you think it's going to go down tonight? Well, um, usually what happens is with the State of the Union – course, we're going to see the, uh, both the, the Senate and the House come together to listen to the uh, president give his vision of what he'd like to set down as the agenda going forward. Now, we already know that we're, there's sort of a dance going on, sort of a tango in which the president will, will, will put out his vision and there will be a ovation going on on the side of the Republicans while the Democrats will be sitting on their hands. Now, mind you, this went on, of course, during the Obama years, where uh, President Obama would, would have put out his vision for, for, for his agenda, and, if, of course, the, the Democrats would uh, put out their ovations and the Republicans would sit on their hands. And this has gone on, of course, during in administrations after administrations, and, you know, once again, it's sort of like the uh, pop-up sit-down, pop-up sit it down, depending on which party was in power. And um, there's also a lot of symbolism going on as well, uh, very often with the uh, women in Congress, specifically with the uh, Democrat women. They like to choose a color uh, symbolizing uh, what, what they uh, feel as sort of a unity sort of thing going on. This time the color is white. Uh, they're wearing ERA buttons. Uh, they're also wearing buttons that say uh, something to do with kindness, uh, something like kindness matters. Uh, so this, I, I think a lot of this has to do right now, it's sort of, especially with the, uh, with the State of the Union being delayed, there's sort of a kind of resistance going on right now within the, the Democratic Party saying, yeah, even though we didn't necessarily uh, completely stop the uh, State of the Union, so to speak, we are still going to protested in some way, shape, or form because, you know, there's a lot of things that the president is uh, putting forward that we obviously don't like. We're going to show it. And there are some members on the, on the Democrat side who are not showing up. Um, but the, during the last joint session of a Congress, a lot of those members still didn't show up. So there is some protest going on. So actually, that was, uh, again, a perfect... I'm getting a lot of perfect segues tonight. You guys are awesome. Um, 
good segue into something I wanted to ask about, which is uh, protests and boycotts and demonstrations and live tweeting and all that kind of stuff. We know we have, uh, you know, first of all, he's sort of walking into hostile territory here, right? As you say, I mean, the uh, House just flipped blue. He still got the Senate, but the uh, House flipped. Um, and there is a contingent of people, not only is the House blue, but there's a contingent of people that really, really don't seem to like him very much, <laughs> to, uh, to, put it, to put it mildly, because we are on FM. And, uh, and um, I'm just curious, to, you know, do you think it could go beyond just sort of wearing the white or wearing, uh, you know, uh, these buttons or, or making a statement by the guests that they bring? And do you think this has potential to get out of hand? No, not necessarily. I mean, remember, um, for every guest that shows uh, protest on the, on the Democrat side, there's going to be guests that sort of counter that. So, for example, uh, uh, when it comes to, say, the issue of the Second Amendment, when it comes to guns, uh, you're going to have, say, a, a, uh, a Parkland parent who may be against uh Donald Trump, or maybe against uh, the, or, or rather, maybe for gun control, there's going to be a Parkland parent um, on the Republican side who uh, who says uh, Rick Scott is 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 a bringing who is more pro gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like for every action, there is an equal yet opposite reaction as far as guests are uh, concerned. You know, um, as far as, for example, the immigration issue is uh, concerned. Uh, Democrats will bring dreamers, while Republicans will end up bringing um, people who may have lost family members in regards to undocumented immigrants. Uh, who so it's once again for every action, there's an equal yet opposite reaction as as far as guests, as far as messages are are, are concerned. And honestly, that's always been the case when it comes to the State of the Union. There's always going to be messages and symbols always sort of working against one another. And regardless of the party in, in power, there's always going to be um, messages going out uh, from, a, from a both sides, regardless of the party in power. And I, I absolutely agree with that. If you're just joining us again, uh, this is WBAI 99.5 FM, and we're streaming live at WBAI.org. I'm Celeste Katz. This is special State of the Union coverage, and we're talking to Carrie Pickett. She is a reporter in Washington who covers Capitol Hill uh, in a number of ways, but including for uh, SiriusXM Radio. And uh, so, Pickett, I wanted to ask you... Um, all the stuff that you talked about, I totally agree with. I think that you do have these sort of uh, contrasting or conflicting or intentionally conflicting messages that are being sent, and, and that's pretty normal. But does that fit in any way with the sort of unity message that went out on the original excerpt, that we all have to work together to make America great again? Or is this just sort of, is that just sort of like a, like a throwaway line, something you have to put in the State of the Union or, you know, you don't get a cookie or something? <laughs> well, you know, the way I sort of look at this, Celeste, is you don't want to have a president go into the State of the Union and say, you know what, we have to be uh, completely polarized, so, you know, screw all of you, we're just going to have to keep fighting. I mean, that's not a message you want to send to the American people. Um, but what you do want to have is a president who says, look, yeah, we're going to disagree. We have been a nation that has always d- disagreed. But regardless of our disagreements, we will come together and find solutions. 
And that's what unity to a lot of people mean. Mm -hmm. So I think that you know, just because there are people screaming at each other, there are people who will say nasty things to each other and sometimes even hurtful things, this doesn't necessarily mean that we're not united as far as where we want our goals to be. So there's a big difference there. So do you think that he has a specific job to do out there tonight, or do you think he's going out there with a specific goal. Uh, This came up a little earlier, but I did want to specifically ask you about it because I know that you're sort of um, very much uh, aware of and in touch with some of the more conservative figures in in politics. People talk about Trump a lot as a guy who likes to talk to the base, is almost, you know, like sort of fixated on talking to the base, often to the exclusion of a lot of other uh, people. Um, is that who he's given the speech for, or is this for everybody? Is it for Congress? Is it for Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer? Is it for you and me? Who is this? Who is he talking to tonight? I think Donald Trump is actually going to be speaking to a whole swath of people. Remember, we are going into the 2020 elections, and it's my understanding that not only will this particular State of the Union speech is going to hit immigration, we, we we can already predict that. Expect to hear the the uh, the word "wall" to to, to be uh, said a number of times. But healthcare, the word healthcare, it's my understanding that that's going to be part of the speech. Now, of course, when you think of the issue of healthcare, you usually tend to put that into the area of the uh, Democrats' wheelhouse. But I understand that Donald Trump is looking to hit that topic tonight. So definitely watch for that. Absolutely. And, um, you know, as far as are you seeing any uh, reports uh, of uh, any sort of pregame excitement, anybody doing anything uh, interesting out there inside or outside the Capitol? Or uh, you've been you've been into these things. You know, what is the scene like right now as people are getting ready and getting in line? Is, uh, is Elliot angry? I, in am seat? I, I just want to, you know, I just got to check that. <laughs> well, Actually, um, tonight I am covering Statuary Hall exclusively. Wow! So a lot of so a lot of members like to hang out here in the, in the beginning, take some interviews from reporters. Uh, right now, I am looking over at Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Of course, she is uh, one of the star members of the of the freshman class from uh, your neck of the woods over in New York, and she is uh, talking to reporters right now. And a number of us. Uh, Members are walking in right now to uh, go into the chamber to take their seats uh, while, while reporters are grabbing them to uh, get some pre-interviews uh, and probably ask about expectations as to what they think the president is going to say. And then afterwards, they end up walking out, and then we end up getting reactions from them, trying to get an idea as to what they thought of, of the speech. So that's usually how that goes down. And we'll see where exactly things go. But in the meantime, everyone is here as far as reporters are concerned. And we're going to be listening to the speech just like you are and your audience as well. Awesome. Well, I know that you have uh, work to do and people to chase down over there. So I will not keep you much longer. Maybe just one more question is sort of, uh, I do remember a time, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there there have been some events um, where there's even been like sort of a bipartisan buddy system where lawmakers team up to to sit together in sort of a, 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 a symbolic but also physical representation of the fact that people you know at least try to work together even if they don't always agree. Is there is there any sort of mood that you can sense there? Is there anything about you know 
people trying to get along and be cordial or is it just, you know, straight up, you know, uh, camps, so to speak? Uh, um, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, I heard that, you know, like anything else, there are members who wanted to get some seats early to uh, save their seats. They're putting their newspapers down in, in, in their seats to make sure that no one took their seats and their, and their guest seats. I overheard two Democratic lawmakers saying that they got the best seats in the House, and that's up to interpretation because they consider the best seats in the House all the way in the back where no one can see them. Oh. So that's, yeah, yeah. So you figure that out. So basically they look at the seats as the best seats in their minds as to not being seen by the, by the cameras, I suppose. I suppose the Republicans look at the best seats in the House being seen by the cameras. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. The optics, uh, watching people's reactions, uh, watching the interplay, they're always very, very interesting. Um, Carrie Pickett, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I know you're out there reporting for uh, SiriusXM. Uh, where can people find out more about you and your work and uh, uh, everything that's going on on the Hill? Just come over to us, SiriusXM.com, check out Patriot 125. We have some great folks there like David Webb as well as Andrew Wilkow. So come check us out. Okay, awesome. Carrie Pickett of SiriusXM joining us live, joining us live from the Capitol ahead of the State of the Union speech. So, dude, thanks again for coming on the program. Really, really appreciate it. Have fun tonight. I shall. Take care, Celeste. Peace. Um, so you are listening to, once again, WBAI 99.5 FM and streaming live, WBAI.org. I'm Celeste Katz. I am a political reporter, and I am host here at the station of Driving Forces that airs on Thursdays at 5 o'clock. And uh, my co-host for that is Jeff Simmons. We will be back later in the week. But for right now, we are doing some special walk-up coverage ahead of the State of the Union address, which is scheduled to start a little after, if it happens on time, I believe a little after 9 p.m. tonight. So uh, in the meantime, though, we are uh, always, as always, very interested in hearing from you. Uh, I want to know what you want to hear about uh, tonight in the State of the Union. What do you think uh, the president needs to talk to the country about? Does he have any explaining to do to the country about how things have been working? Again, we've just come out of a, uh, the longest government shutdown in U.S. history, and uh, we might be going into another shutdown. Uh, there's a lot of acrimony in Washington. We're facing a president who now has a divided Congress. Uh, and, you know, Aside from that, there's real life. There's the stuff that people like you and I care about. Please give me a call, 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. And uh, do we have a uh, – oh, we do. Okay, great. Uh, here we go at the caller, WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, my name is – uh, my name is CRZ, calling from Staten Island, New York. How are you this evening? Good, good. Thanks for calling in. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, I would like to offer uh, a different view, because uh, it's very interesting, of course, I think, what we're about to hear. And I think people need to be positive about it, not to say it's going to be acceptable. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think when we start to surface what we see in front of us hurting our earth, hurting our economy in other ways. I think it's a good thing to see what it is that we need to face of how it's going in the wrong direction because 
when we accept what it is that's wrong and we see it, we acknowledge it, we then can face it and talk about it to correct it. Right now, I mean, as a child, I've always watched when I see commercials. I didn't watch the commercial for the commercial. I watched it from the designers and to see how they were orienting the commercial. So when I see Trump and I hear all these people, Mm -hmm. um, I kind of see the design. And I think it's really important for everyone not to panic, but to be strong, to be confident, because I feel very confident that we will make the right change for 2020 and the right things will happen because a whole bunch of us love our earth and love America and love all the people who are being not treated fairly all for the sake of looking at money and power as it's more important than the design of who we are as people. So I just wanted to say that, and thank you very much. You guys do a great job, and everyone who sticks up for our earth, God bless America. Thank you. Enjoy the show, and thank you very much. Thanks. We really appreciate you listening to WBAI. And uh, that might actually be a good moment. We have some more people calling in. I'm just going to take one moment to mention, i got to do it. We are going into fundraising season. And uh, as you know, WBAI is listener-supported community radio. Uh, I don't get a paycheck for uh, doing my program weekly, and uh, we are all volunteers here. And we care a lot about this station, and we care a lot about the people who listen to it and the people that uh, tell us the stories that that make this possible. So if you would like, and we would very much like you to do so, uh, you can make a contribution. Uh, You can go to uh, give to, that's the number two, give to WBAI.org, or you could call our pledge line. That's 516-620-3602. You can even become what's called a WBAI buddy, where you have a recurring donation. You can do that in the name of a program. You can make a one-time donation. We have uh, sometimes some goodies for you that you get if you uh, sign up. I got my I got my tote bag and my membership card. Um, but you know, aside from the aside from the swag, of course, uh, this is the kind of you know, interactive programming that's you know local that we're listening to you. Uh, that I think it's you know, it's very different. It's very different from what you get anywhere else that you get on uh, network uh, coverage or um, even from uh, you know the uh, you know, smaller newspapers uh, still doing local coverage or certainly the big networks. So I am uh, very very glad to have you with me tonight. And again, if you would just consider, I would very very much appreciate it uh, to keep the lights on here and uh, keep us going with some new equipment we have to improve the uh, the sound and the signal. Give two. That's the number two. WBAI.org and our pledge line 516-620-3602. I'm Celeste Katz. You are listening to special pregame State of the Union coverage here on WBAI. We have uh, phones going. Great. Uh, Glad to hear from our next caller. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you from? My name is Oliver from New York City. Welcome to the program, Oliver. What's on your mind tonight? What are you thinking about the State of the Union? I'm not interested in anything he says. He's consistent, and he won't be any different tonight. What I'd like to say is there's much too much talk and much too much print in the newspapers and media and online and in, on, a, on news on, on the radio about Trump and, and all this nonsense. What's most important is what he and the conservatives are doing to this country with all the appointments to the courts, from the highest Supreme Court all the way down with right-wing judges. What they're doing 
to all the regulatory bodies that are undermining all the regulations that should protect Americans, the soil, the animals, the environment, and the oceans, and everything that they're doing. And yet almost all of the focus is on Trump's insanity. He's a criminal. He is, he's, he's, so, he's a despicable human being, and these conservatives are no better because if Obama had said, or and Obama wasn't a, he, he had his faults also, but nothing compared to them. And do you if, think... If, it, if, it, if any of, just one thing that Trump has said mm-hmm. or done, the Republicans would have called for Obama's head if he had done or said anything, just one thing that Trump has said. That's my, that's what I have to offer. There's okay. too much, too much coverage about Trump and what he says, what he doesn't say, uh, people he appeals to, blah, blah, blah. What's most important, I mean, we don't it, is what they've been doing almost surreptitiously to undermine every aspect of our country, the environment, people's health, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Thank you so okay. much. Really appreciate you uh, calling in. And I do think that uh, you make some very good points. I think that uh, the, the idea of uh, what Trump is quietly doing with the uh, nominations to the federal judiciary and how smoothly and uh, uh, efficiently the uh, Senate Republicans have been uh confirming these nominees is a a very big story that certainly deserves uh, a lot of coverage. It is sometimes easy to get into the the sort of, uh, uh, you know, slap fights and and backbiting and so on, or the tweets, but uh, that is definitely, definitely uh, something that's going to last, not just on the Supreme Court, by the way, but you know, going to be one of the true, true legacies of the Trump administration. So uh, very glad to hear from people tonight. Again, the number 212 209 I'm Celeste Katz. You're listening to WBAI. And this is our special pre-State of the Union coverage. We want to know, what do you think of the speech? Should we even bother? We have somebody on the line. Great. Uh, WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you from? Hello. Hi. Um, my name's my name's Michael. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. What's uh, what's on your mind about the State of the Union tonight? I, I think we're all looking at this wrong. I think we all need to go in and look and see what he has to say. I, I think it's a shame. I think this country has really gone. The polarization of this country is what's killing this country right now. Nobody's willing to listen to what anyone has to say anymore, and no one's willing to compromise. No one's willing to sit there and say, you know what? In regards to this statement here, like, let's talk immigration. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we, need, we need to protect our borders better. We, we really do. You know, I, I think there's some things that Trump is saying that people need to be mindful of. There, there is a lot of drugs that are getting through. Now, I also believe that we need people from other countries coming into our country because that's what made our country great. You know what I mean? But where's the compromise? Where's the sitting down and not... And, and working together, we don't have that anymore because the the people in Congress today, Congress, Senate, doesn't matter. They're all consumed about power and seeing who looks good and who doesn't, and that is what is killing this country today. 
And do you think that there's any way with in such a divided Washington that the president can make a convincing argument for people to work together? Or is that just is that one wall that he can't get through? That's a great pun. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I think I, I think there's so much hatred for Trump. And it, it's, you know, it doesn't matter what he does. It, it, it has no bearing what he does. He could sit there. He could cure cancer tomorrow. And people would hate him, still hate him. Like, it, it's just, it's just the, the way they are with him. The man can't do anything correctly mm-hmm. at all. Um. And... You know, yeah. it's and, and, and it's both parties. I'll tell you what, both parties are to blame here. It's not the Democratic Party alone. And I think anybody that sits there and thinks that this is just a Democratic Party, you know, I laugh. You do realize Trump was a, a, a Democrat his whole life. Yeah, it was <laughs> not a, not known as a, uh, a rock ribbed Republican, uh, as I as not I recall. <laughs> but uh, no, it's but yeah, we'll see. Well, it'll be it'll be interesting. Definitely. Ed, you raise some good points that, you know, we'll see if people are willing to listen or if they are, uh, you know, there's people who listen and then there's people who wait to talk. Right. So we'll see. Uh, well, we'll see who's in the uh, in the chamber tonight. One, one last thing I'd like to say. Sure. You go back and in the 80s, you had Ronald Reagan as the president who was Republican, and you had Tip O'Neill, who was a Democrat, who was the Speaker of the House. And they might not have liked each other, but they worked together. And you saw some of the best prosperity this country has ever seen when they worked together. They compromised. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what we, that's what's missing in our country today. No, it didn't matter if you were a Democrat mm-hmm. or Republican. It was, it was about the people. And it's not about the people anymore. And, and, and you know what? Believe it or not, that's who Donald Trump cares about. Whether more people want to admit that or not, he actually cares about the people. Okay. These other the Republicans, they don't care about the people, and neither do the Democrats. Well, we, uh, we, we will see uh, how the reaction to the speech is and whether he convinces more people to come over to his side. But thank you very much for listening, and thanks for calling BAI. I think we have some more people here on the boards. Hello? Again, if you want to get involved, 212-209-2877. I'm Celeste Katz. You're listening to WBAI, 99.5 FM, New York. Hey, it's uh, Celeste here, WBAI. You're on the air. What's your name? Hi, Celeste. Phone? Hello there. My name is Audrey, and I'm from Brooklyn. It's a pleasure, And I just Audrey. have to make uh, one comment sure. about your previous call. I prefer not to hear any more of Trump's lies. And, you know, she's portraying um, this man to be the all in all. He's the one that brought everything down. He's the one that's, I he called himself a nationalist. He's the one that does not even deserve the platform. I, I'm sorry that he has to have the state of the union, but I'm definitely not going to be listening. Only place I'll be listening is WBAI, whatever come across there. But case in point, he's lied so much that there's nothing I want to hear. I don't want to hear any more lies. Okay, that's it. So if you want to glorify, um, um, I call him 45, but I'm, I'm going to say Trump. But I don't want to hear any more lies. Anything progressive, yes. Anything honest, yes. But that's not going to happen. So whatever comes across BAI, which I love and I am a buddy, um, I'll be listening. But we cannot continue glorifying a liar, what, 8,158 lies just in one year? Come on. A lie is a lie is a lie. 
Thank you. Thank you very much, and thank <laughs> you for uh, being a WBAI buddy. Certainly appreciate your support here. So I'm really glad that we're getting a lot of people to talk about this because you know it really is an important moment in American history. I think that uh, you know whether you like the president or not, this is the leader of the free world essentially who is uh, you know coming forward to speak to not just you and me, but the entire planet, the leaders of every other country uh, in the world are going to be listening to this very closely as well to see where the president is uh, and where he's positioning himself, uh, not just certainly on domestic issues, and those could be trade issues, uh, those could be uh, immigration issues and so on, uh, you know, protectionism and so on, but uh, those could also be uh, uh, military issues and uh, issues of uh, coordination. We've heard things recently about uh, the U.S. altering its stance on uh, treaties, uh, nuclear arms treaties with Russia and so on. We are looking forward to um, a lot of stuff coming up potentially regarding uh, the defeat of ISIS. We're still talking about North Korea. There's a lot going on here. So again, really, really encouraged and happy to hear that people are are listening in and calling in 212-209-2877. I'm Celeste Katz. You're on the line. This is WBAI. What's your name and where you're from? You're on the air. Uh, hello? Yes. Hello. Yeah, good evening. Good evening. What's your name yeah. and where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Mark. I'm calling from Norwalk, Connecticut. Great. Well, uh, what, are you, what are you thinking about the State of the Union tonight? Oh, I, uh, I, I, I still think it's worth watching whether you agree with this president or not. Uh, it is, it is a, a long tradition, and I, and I, and I don't think who, whoever the occupant is in the Oval Office, we should we should eschew this tradition. I, 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 think, I think we should support it. Uh, the, but the fact of the matter is, I don't think you're going to hear much of anything in the way of, 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 of anything new. Uh, and he is going to try to appeal to that base, that 30 or 35 percent that seemed to stick with this occupant of the Oval Office from Queens, you know, through thick or thin. But then again, if you had, if Hillary had won the election, you you would have the same sort of thing here, uh, and and you, and so and so when you go back to the election of 2016, you really didn't have much of a choice. I mean, I I think that's where our system, in fact, we don't have a system of we don't have a functioning system of representative government anymore. I mean, America's a corporate state. That coup is long over, and so when you take a look at Democrats or take a look at Republicans. Are they really functioning parties, or are they just denominations of the one major party that exists, the corporate state? Well, that's a that's a an excellent question. Not uh, not entirely one I'm uh, fully prepared to answer. Although uh, political parties are not an extension of the government, they are corporate entities. They do their own fundraising. They're subject to rules. They are uh, changing in in importance uh, in this country very much. So a lot of people, uh, you know, more and more, you hear people identifying uh, as independent. There is, especially among younger people, they may lean somewhat more to the left on a lot of issues, but uh, they uh, don't necessarily have that sort of... uh, identification with that affinity to the parties people who voted straight ticket all their lives uh you know uh, 
when it had meaning for them in, in this in this very powerful way. So interesting question, caller, and uh, thank you for listening and uh, thank you for uh, checking out WBAI. Uh, we are going to have another guest coming up, uh, probably about five minutes, five minutes, and uh, he should sound good. We're going to get him on his landline number, uh, which is uh, always a treat if you are doing radio, by the way, and you can get to a landline. But first, we're taking more of your calls. So WBAI, uh, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Yeah, good evening. My name is Ed. I'm calling from South Jamaica, Queens. How you doing? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Thanks for listening. What's uh, what's on your mind about the State of the Union? I can tell you exactly what I would like to hear the president to say tonight. And I'm paraphrasing, ladies and gentlemen of the, of the United States of America, I humbly apologize. I finally realized that I am totally unqualified for this position. I have no idea what I am doing. I am totally insane, and I respectfully resign and will dash off into obscurity with my family and Mike Pence. That's what I would love to hear. Okay. Well, look, look, look you, it sounds like you worked on that speech for a while. Did you <laughs> practice that in front of the mirror or what? I'll mail that? it to him. I'll mail it to him. <laughs> <laughs> Man is insane. It, 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 it's, a, it's a travesty. It's not, and, and I'm definitely a leftist. I'm definitely a socialist. But, and, and, and this guy just takes the cake. I mean, he's, he, I have friends overseas, and they're laughing at this country. This man is a joke. And whatever semblance of the president's that uh, respectability that the presidency has had, this man has totally taken it away. And uh, it, it's time for a change. It's time for a breath of fresh air. And if he has any type of humanity or dignity or common sense with him, he would take this opportunity to gracefully bow out. Well, that That's is. All I got to say. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you for calling in, and thank you for that uh, that uh, very enthusiastic and passionate assessment of uh, what President Trump should say during tonight's State of the Union. Uh, I am. I gotta say, I'm not entirely sure that the speech is going to go precisely that way. But look, these days. Uh, suppose anything's anything's possible. Nobody expected to. Or very few people, I should say. I should say. Uh, uh, Absolutely, from the, the get-go, expected Donald Trump to become president of the United States. And here we are. So on BAI, talking about him and uh, getting ready to hear from the president. He'll be on again a little bit after 9 o'clock. And we are going to be carrying the speech and the Democratic response from uh, Stacey Abrams. And we're going to be doing that in conjunction with our sister station in Washington. That's WPFW. 89.3. Right now, we're taking a few more of your calls before we come up to our next guest. So, uh, hopefully, Hello? we uh, hear from you. Yes, WBAI, you're on the air. Uh, who am I talking to and where are you from? Melissa from Queens, New York. Okay, Melissa, what's going on? What are you thinking? So, I really don't like to listen to the president because it's very irritating. And um, I think that we have a problem with the reporters right now that they don't do enough investigative reporting and find out what's really going on instead of you know, the root of what he's talking about. And I really enjoyed, like, the Venezuela issue. You actually, I read in another newspaper from an overseas newspaper that he's after the Venezuelan oil. And this is, you know, he, he, it's like he's having a tantrum like a child and punishing people so that he can get his way. And it's really not the way to run the country. And I don't know what he's going to say, but I really hope that he grows up maybe in the next few hours. I don't know. <laughs> Very bad. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, 
that's a pretty tight time frame if that's uh, if that's what we're looking at a couple of hours to completely uh, change your position on everything would be a little uh, I don't know, might be a, a bit of a yeah. squeaker but um, it's are you going to listen to the democratic response or you just don't want to be involved of course. in any oh you are okay so I mean I yeah I mean I, I'm sorry to interrupt I I just hope that our next president will be somebody strong that's not paid off doesn't have their own interests at heart can lead democratically you know i mean i hope they don't vote him in again i mean i don't know everybody's paid off in the government right now you know like crazy you read the powell memo right yeah they um i was going to i was going to ask you uh before we went to our next call sorry um is there anybody that you do like for the next president who do you like I like uh, Bernie Saunders. I love Ralph Nader. He's really amazing. I know he's older, but he's still on it. And uh, Pelosi. They're strong and they're good. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much for calling in and for listening to WBAI. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you guys just joining thank me, you. it's Celeste Katz here uh, with you until 9 o'clock. We're taking a, a few of your calls here. Tell me about uh, what you think about the State of the Union. You're on the air. This is WBAI. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Tom from the Bronx here. How are you? Good, Tom. What's up? I, I, I'd like to say this. Okay. That Washington, D.C., unfortunately, has turned to, into a Charlie McCarthy, Edgar Bergen program every day. Every day. <laughs> but uh, There's but, a reference for you. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing. Look, where the border is concerned, you can't have porous borders. You just can't have people waltzing over the border willy-nilly the way things are going. It's, it has been going for a long time. It's not a good idea. I mean, to say you have to have some civility. And, and that's what we're lacking, unfortunately. Uh, it's, it's pure idiocy. As far as uh, Hillary Clinton was concerned, she bungled her own uh, campaign. Uh, she didn't, she wasn't forceful. She had no program, or well, I seen her, when she was on TV, she had her hands up, and does the average American citizen have to have every word enunciated to, to them? She had her fingers up, she's pointing at the camera, Okay, so and she's saying, you vote for me, and pointing to herself well, I at guess the so. polls. Now, right. was that the North or South Pole? Uh, good question, Tom, and uh, unfortunately one I'm probably also not able to answer this evening. Um, I think we take one more call, and then we're going to go to our final guest. Uh, again, if you're just joining us, this is WBAI 99.5 FM. We're also streaming live at WBAI.org. I'm Celeste Katz. You can hear me and my co-host Jeff Simmons every Thursday at 5 o'clock right here on BAI. We host a program called Driving Forces, where we talk about politics and public policy uh, here in New York and uh, in the state and throughout the nation. And uh, we'd love to have you uh, check it out. But okay, one more call, Max, and then we uh, are going to our final guest, WBAI. You're on the air. What's your name and where are you from? Hello. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. This is WBAI. What's your name and where are you from? Celeste, this is your co-host, Jeff Simmons. How are you? Get out. 
oh, I got home in God. time to listen to you because I've been booking our show for Thursday night, and you're doing a terrific job. Did you hear I just? Did you hear I just promoted the show? Yes, I did. I want to tell you, you're doing a fantastic job. I am actually anxiously awaiting the State of the Union at home because I work with a number of nonprofits that want to see if what he says somehow impacts them. Uh, but I got to tell you, you're doing a really good job tonight, and uh, we're lining up. I'm lining up a very good show for this Thursday's uh, Driving Forces at five o'clock. Awesome! Did you walk the dogs? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will. I uh, will. Well, I will be seeing you very, very soon. And thank you, oh. thank you for your call, and thank you for being a WBAI buddy. I am a BAI buddy. I'll see you on Thursday. Okay. Have a great job. Bye, man. Peace. Bye. That was uh, my wonderful co-host, Jeff Simmons. Again, you can hear the two of us, uh, Nerf Balls, uh, talking about politics and public policy every Thursday at 5 p.m. here on WBAI. Uh, This is special... Lead up to the State of the Union coverage. I'm Celeste Katz. I'm your host here till just about nine o'clock. And uh, our final guest here is uh, worth waiting for. Glad you guys have been able to join us. Uh, He's somebody who always has a lot of interesting things to say about politics. Uh, You may have read Walter Shapiro's coverage of the last 10. Yes, I said 10 presidential campaigns. Uh, You may have read them in or on USA Today, The Washington Post, Time, Yahoo News, Salon and Slate, among others. He teaches about politics and media at Yale and is the author of a very good book called Hustling Hitler, the Jewish vaudevillian who fooled the Fuhrer. And as it also happens, we are both alumni of two of the same magazines, The Washington Monthly and Newsweek. So Mr. Walter Shapiro, I am thrilled to have you on the program. Oh, I'm Celeste. Anytime. Any State of the Union evening. I... uh, I mean, there's nothing in the world that makes me more excited than a totally prefabricated event. <laughs> well, you know, curb your enthusiasm there, Mr. Shapiro. We don't want the uh, the listeners to go wild. The uh, the calls were already lighting up pretty good before. But uh, so what am I looking at here? I mean, but considering we're... Well, first of all, yeah. what you're looking at yeah. is something that probably will be forgotten and why do you say that? Because it's going to be uh, so Because most boring, state or? of the unions, most state of the unions are. Um, I can barely remember Trump's a year ago, um, and the fact is, in fact, in my uh, the last twenty years, thirty years, I can think of only two state of the unions that were really long-term significant. Okay, and those were Bill Clinton, uh, just after the Monica Lewinsky um, news broke, while well, he was still denying it but under total pressure to resign, mm. gave his 1998 State of the Union and um, had, came up with this code word, um, save Social Security first, which was his persuasive argument that delayed a massive tax cut for three years. In 2002, uh, uh, um, 2002 three months after the 9-11 attacks, George W. Bush suddenly pivoted from talking about al-Qaeda to suddenly trotting out the new axis of evil, Mm. Iran, North Korea, and Iraq. And that 2002 State of the Union was probably the precursor to the Iraq War. Those are the only two that I can think of that have mattered at all. 
and the rest of them were just sort of run of the mill or they were designed the mill, designed the to be boring is, or the fact is that after 2 years 3 years in the white house it really takes a lot to move the needle on a president's popularity and it particularly takes a lot when donald trump um, um, who sets new records for unpopularity with a booming economy uh, uh, um, has been in the narrowest band of approval from about 38 to 43 percent since he was inaugurated. So th- the idea that there's going to be some sort of massive change, uh, maybe there'll be a massive change in terms of uh, um, the image of Stacey Abrams when she gives the Democratic response. But come on, the idea that Donald Trump is suddenly going to go out there tonight and make a pitch for national unity, it is like Vladimir Putin making a pitch for more democracy. <laughs> it's not a, not a ringing endorsement there, Mr. Shapiro. Um, I think that, but is that sort of just a standard line that he has to throw in there? Or is that is that so tomorrow when they say you still can't have the wall money, he can say he tried to play nice and then, uh, you know, take some more drastic action. As far as I well, uh, heard, uh, I, I don't mean, know the, he's doing the national emergency tonight. I don't know that that's happening, but look, anything could happen. But uh, 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 Particularly since um, Trump is known as a textual deviant. <laughs> well, I, we, we were talking about the prompter a little bit earlier and whether he can, you know, Big crowd, lots of American flags. Can he can he just read off the prompter, or does he? Does and he, he need reads to go? so badly off the prompter. Uh, <laughs> this I is think a real love affair. Field, who described Trump reading off the prompter uh, like someone taking the eye test down at the motor vehicle department. I don't know if I should be laughing at this, but I hope the uh, the listeners are. Uh, I, I imagine some of the listeners have. Uh, uh, quite a bit of a uh, commonality of feeling with you about some of these things here. But, okay, so one of the things I had talked about with somebody a little earlier, but you as somebody who's, you know, seen people do this and uh, watched some people do it better than others or people doing it, as you mentioned, in these sort of tight situations, um, what does he have to do tonight to, I mean, aside from, like, not trip or knock over the podium, or or something like that. Um, what does he have to do to get out of there and have people say he did a, a decent job, a fair job? He has to say something new and different, and then continue it for a week. He can't talk about unity with the Democrats um, and tweet an attack on Nancy Pelosi at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, because he saw something on Fox and Friends. I thought he tweeted so one I, at 8 o'clock this morning. Oh, no, sorry, that was uh, Chuck Schumer. Pardon me, pardon me, I take it back. Yes. Uh, so. um, at, at noon, according to what leaked from his um, meeting with the network anchors, um, he called Biden stupid, um, Schumer a nasty piece of work, and went off after some other Democrat. I mean, the fact is we know who Donald Trump is, and it is very hard um, for him to come across as anything other than what he is. What is interesting is, does he figure out a way of getting out of the corner he is in on the wall? I mean, that, uh, will we have, we, and it's really, will we have another government shutdown um, um, on, on February 15th? Right. Because really, 
his three options are to surrender, uh, to declare a national emergency that will be uh, overturned by Congress and force him to veto it, and then be tied up in the courts, um, um, or or shut down the government, which hit the biggest devastation of Republican popularity um, in months. These are not attractive options for Donald J. Trump. And his problem is, as they um, used to say in the circus, he's a one-trick pony. And uh, the trick tonight, I suppose, well, if you say if the trick is to say something new and then carry it out, I, I always wonder about... We're talking about infrastructure. People make a joke out of Infrastructure Week. I always kind of wonder, why didn't they just start there? I mean, people like, uh, you know, getting new roads and getting things repaired and, and having better uh, transportation options and so on. That's that's something everybody can agree on. Ostensibly, there could be some pork in there. I, perhaps the problem with that was that he mentioned it without providing a ton of the money it would cost to do it, but I mean, isn't there something? I understand he's going to uh, make some comments about uh, eradicating the spread of uh, HIV/AIDS uh, in the United States. Is that not something? Uh, can somebody not stand up and clap for that? Oh, of course, people will stand up. I will stand up and clap. Um, but the point is, in any larger sense, will this move the needle? Will this uh, change perceptions of Trump? And I mean. The fact is, had Donald Trump been someone else, he would have started his inaugural address with talking about infrastructure and reached out to the Democrats then. The problem is, Paul Ryan and company in the House and Mitch McConnell in the Senate didn't want to spend any money. And if, he ever, if Trump ever went forward on this, um, all the folks on Fox and Friends would attack him the way they're attacking him for not building a wall, and he would back down. I mean, yes, there was a room for major agreement on infrastructure, but that was two years ago. And Donald Trump did not take that option, and Mitch McConnell um, and Fox and Friends and Ann Coulter are not exactly going to cheer him on if he goes that route today. And the rest of us will be totally cynical because um, he's never made a credible proposal. He's uh, certainly certainly down in in popularity, and this is this is kind of a kind of a heavy lift to turn around, uh, you know, uh, majority uh, negative uh, approvals. Although I think that he sometimes looks at different polls. And uh, by the way, if you are just joining us, this is WBAI ninety nine point five FM and streaming live on WBAI.org. And we're speaking with Walter Shapiro, a veteran. Uh, political uh, writer, reporter, uh, and professor at Yale. I'm Celeste Katz. I'm your host uh, for this pregame show. Um, is there, so there's literally nothing he can say to appear, to change anybody's mind about anything that doesn't like him or isn't sure about him. There's nothing he can do. It's, this is a, sure an exercise yeah, in He would change my mind if he said, you know, I've been thinking about it. This job isn't terribly much fun. I think I'm going to make. I think I'm going to build that tower on Moscow, and I'm going to resign. That, 
this is becoming a this is becoming an interesting an interesting theme here. Um, you know, going back to what you said a moment ago, you but, said. But Syria, by the yeah. way, let me stress. Yeah. I, I don't see that in any way remotely plausible at any point um, um, uh, for Trump. But I couldn't resist ask and. I'm answering like that. <laughs> no, not at not at all. No problem. I mean, I'm just uh, going back to what you said a moment ago. Where you said if Trump had been anybody else, he would have started at the inaugural. He would have started these, you know, these big public speeches to uh, to Congress and to the nation with some something that people could all, you know, get their minds around, get their their. Uh, districts behind get themselves behind right but you know if donald trump had been anybody else would he be president that's the whole thing the whole the whole sort of you know the yeah. riddle of the trump presidency is that it's so little about the presidency and so much about trump right i mean we don't know what's going to go on out there tonight we we have some prepared remarks sure but i mean that doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen no i i mean the fact is um, that at any point um Trump can go off on any tangent you can imagine. And uh, that high wire act um, uh, is the only thing that gives an interest to this. By the way, mm -hmm. for all the Democrats and their guests and, we, um, um, and women um, wearing white, I have never thought what the opposition party does at any state of the union to matter one whit. It is much more what politicians do when they have too much time on their hands, and they plot when to stand, when to sit. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, seeing all the new women, all the people of color who have been elected to the House will, in the, for the first time, be an inspiring visual. But that is more their existence than any particular message strategy they have for State of the Union night. Wow, no, uh, no quarter for anybody tonight, huh? uh, Mr. Walter Shapiro. If people want to read your work, find out more about you, where should they look? Oh, well, um, I will be writing a column, a second-day column for Roll Call um, on um, the speech that, of course, will change the presidency, a speech that people will talk about, like FDR talking about the four freedoms. Um, I will be writing that for Roll Call, and I'll be appearing on Thursday morning, rollcall.com. Wonderful. Mr. Walter Shapiro, a pleasure, as always, to talk to you about politics or about anything. It is um, anytime, Celeste. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, so, as I mentioned, we are coming up to the 9 o'clock hour. We do expect uh, the State of the Union to uh, start going at uh, shortly after 9 p.m. I believe the official time was something like 9.10. But uh, we will be broadcasting the speech for you as well as the Democratic response from Stacey Abrams. And this is all being done in conjunction with our sister station. That's WPFW 89.3 in Washington. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this uh, special pre-State of the Union coverage. Extra thanks, of course, to tonight's engineer in the studio with me, Max. Thank you very much. Uh, I will be back with you on Thursday at 5 p.m. for my usual slot, uh, Driving Forces, with my co-host, Jeff Simmons. I hope you'll join us then. But for right now, again, stay tuned with the State of the Union coming up uh, for WBAI New York. I'm Celeste Katz.
of you, like many Americans, I have felt frustrated and betrayed by the state of the mainstream media in this country, a media whose priorities seem out of step with their responsibilities. We need a media that strengthens democracy, not a media that strengthens the government. We need a media that enriches public discourse, not one that enriches corporations. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and this is WBAI, listener-supported, non-commercial radio in New York. 